This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. It is a busy, busy show today. We're going to get to some NFL. We're also going to talk some fantasy football with Andy Hall, a local fantasy football expert. But if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page right now, that's not me. (laughs) But we are very, very happy to have some special guests in studio Tonight is the first of two nights. The Savannah Bananas are in the house. What's up, Wicked? We are joined by Shark, who you will hear if you're going to be at Principal Park tonight or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the voice of the Savannah Bananas. And also, I need to see some twerking because Vincent, the dancing umpire, is here. Here Okay. Oh, Oh, my my gosh. (laughs) Already? He wasn't kidding. He was not kidding. Uh, Welcome to Des Moines. Thanks for having us. Play, beautiful place. Never I saw you walking Iowa. around a whole bunch this morning. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that about eh, a year ago. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, beautiful place uh, from what I've gotten to see for it. It looks like some festival's about to start up. World start Food popping. and Music Festival yeah. is kicking off. Yep, yep. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, I heard about a farmer's market that's happening yeah. tomorrow. Like, Go I'm, to that if you're, if you're up be, early. We're going to be. But yeah, this is a beautiful place. Never been to Iowa in my entire life. Never thought I would ever be in Iowa, to be honest. And here we are, and it's awesome. So Dancing up. You ever been to Iowa? I have not. Okay. I felt like I got off the plane last night. I felt like I was in Texas. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities. 92 and humid. I was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, well, you just missed the excessive heat that we had. So you guys picked a good time to be here. It's humid like in Savannah, though. It I is. Didn't expect Very that. humid, yeah. Let's, Shark, let's talk first about what people can expect because I think the obvious comparison that people make is yep. this is the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. It's a game, but it's a show. Fair comparison, and that's, uh, you know, we get that a lot, the Globetrotters, bananas of, of baseball. But here's the deal. Uh, the one thing and the, the big the big monkey in the room is the the outcome of the game, unlike the Globetrotters, because the generals will never win a game <laughs> against the Globetrotters. The party animals, there are generals. They beat our butts a good amount. They are a good squad full of uh, former uh, professional guys, former independent ball guys, but when they – the game is not fixed, the game itself. So when they're in between the white lines, they're trying to win. And this guy gets a bunch the of... The umpire uh, right here. Yeah, he gets a bunch of uh, crap, if you will. I get, I get an earful. From Trust both teams because they want to win. But yeah, the party animals, unfortunately, have beaten the bananas a good amount. So uh, What yeah. is the bananas record? Do you know that we're, offhand? I think we're five games up with uh, an 11 to go. Five or seven. It might even be seven if I, okay. I, I saw it earlier. But yeah, so these guys are so competitive, though. <laughs> Um, so when they're in between the lines, they want to win at all costs. The the dancing and the, and the show parts of it that we rehearse all the time, those parts are planned because we have to practice and get the dances right and all that. Mm-hmm. But the game part, these guys are out there taking batting practice, fielding, uh, fielding practice, and they want to you know they want to beat each other's faces in when they're on the on the field. So, so that means that their success or their failure mm-hmm. often lies in the eyes of you, dancing umpire Absolutely. of Vincent. How often are they screaming and yelling and spitting in your face? Hey, I've never been spit on, but uh, I Welcome have been to Iowa this time. Been. <laughs> oh. I've been yelled at a lot. Uh, you know, some choice words have been said, but, you know, we're in a predicament now that no one has ever done. An umpire has never traveled with a team, mm-hmm. been in the same area as a team. I, I know these guys' families. I know their girlfriends. 
Uh, we've been spending we sent seven months together so far. Um, so brothers fight. Yeah. You know, I have to call a clean game. I have to call a good game. I have to call a fair game. Um, unfortunately, I'm human and I do make mistakes and I miss the call sometimes. <laughs> and they let me know about it because these guys are professional. They know what a strike looks like. They know what a uh, you know a ball looks like. And if I miss those calls, and doesn't look like. It doesn't look exactly. <laughs> no, that, I was just going to yeah. say, this guy not only is a tremendous entertainer, great dancer, he's a really good, legitimate umpire. So, Do you have experience? Did you I, did you I, do this growing yes, up? Yes, I've umpired 25 years. I started when I was 15 years old. Oh, doing, my. Doing uh, Little League Baseball. Uh, I've done high school for 10 years. And, um, yeah, this is uh, – I'll never want to go to real baseball again. Um, <laughs> after you experience banana ball, it's so fast-paced. Um, it's so exciting. Yeah, I can't imagine Angel Hernandez twerking. Yeah, I can't sure. either. I can't see him doing that. I did see him do some kind of like this move one time. It went viral. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what that was about. Uh, maybe he was mocking me. I don't know. But, uh, I don't but, think there's any maybe about it. He absolutely was doing banana ball stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talking with a shark, the voice of the Savannah Bananas in studio. Also, Vincent, the dancing umpire. Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals. First of two tonight at Principal Park. My name is Mike Wickett here on ESPN Des Moines. Where do the players come from? Because, I mean, these aren't just wreck guys who wanted to play baseball. Where did you guys find them? How do you make the team, Shark? A handful of the guys uh, were on our collegiate team. Uh, Bill Leroy, our, I mean, he's the captain, no doubt about it. He's our catcher. He's been with us for uh, six seasons. Kyle Luigs, uh, also, I think this is your number six for him, or five for him. Um, bunch, a, a handful of the guys on both teams have come from our collegiate teams that have graduated, and um, so they're now professionals. They get paid to play for the Bananas. Um, but also, guys, and I mentioned this guy earlier, Jake Skoll plays for the Party Animals. He was a top-five pick for the Texas Rangers, I think. Eight, 2010. Yeah, so wow. 13 years ago. Um, but when I tell you this guy, um, a beast. He's, he's a specimen, number one. He's you know big, tall, muscular dude. Uh, can mash the heck out of a baseball, but really good guy on top of it. We're full of guys that can play the game that are awesome human beings, which makes it even better. Because mm-hmm. some of these guys... Especially with the way, you know, we've got people in our hotels when we come back from, from games just waiting to... A lot of these guys could have tremendous egos and not a single one does. And I can't say... You can't say that about every organization. Absolutely. I mean, they're, And they could have egos and they don't. Yeah, we're, we're definitely fans first. That's our whole motto is fans first entertainment. And those guys are heck of athletes, but they're even better people. Um, you have to have that, that drive of wanting to create happiness for people. And not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Like you said... A lot of ball players have egos, and it's all about them, not in our organization. Um, it's, it's all about the fans first. You guys are, have a production team, right, mm-hmm. or, or script writers or whatever for all of the, the entertainment, from the non-baseball stuff. Yep. Do the guys on the team, whether it's the Party Animals or the Savannah Bananas, ever look at you and say, I am not doing that? They don't say they're not doing it, but there are obviously some times where they're like, Really? Like, what like, was? Is there one that got scrapped that we're not going to see this weekend? That yeah, there, you guys had an one, idea. There was one early on where one of them got arrested by a cop. Like somebody was running after him with handcuffs. Okay, handcuffs. Yeah. Okay. And, and Je- you know, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, the owner's like, we're not going to do that. No. You know, something you know, but there's stuff like we have a a team of idea people that they come. Everybody has to come up with ten ideas a day. Ten a day. Because because yeah. in our in our in our show there's. 10 to 15 things that we do different every single Brand day. new. Brand new. Never okay. been seen before. So those ideas have to come. And Jesse Cole has done it since day one. He has a book. There are several books now with just ideas of things that, that can, we call it plussing, to make the show better. Wow. Because okay. if you go to a game Friday and Saturday, you don't want to see the same thing. 
you want to say something different. And there are no bad ideas. No such thing as a bad idea. You bring an idea. Except the arrest thing. That was a <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> that probably not. But yeah, it's, not uh, it's pretty crazy. But none of the guys, um, for the most part, have ever have ever been like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. They're pretty, they pretty much know whatever's normal. You do the opposite in Banana Land. That's what we've been doing. And so... Yeah, um, you know, from from creative walk-up songs for certain players from either team to celebrations that you'll see after they score a run. Like, yeah, they scored a run, and then they'll do a choreograph, choreograph something or other. Um, there's always stuff that you're going to leave a show going, why is this happening right now? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> but that's the way we like it. I like to say, if you have ADHD, this is the perfect medicine for you. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if you blink, you're going to miss something. Um, and don't go to the bathroom or get concessions. Yeah, when is the right time? Because, like, when you go see a Marvel movie, there's always some, like, oh, you go when this person does this. Is there a good time? I'm a 42-year-old who's going to be drinking White Claw. Is there a good time <laughs> for me to go to the bathroom, Shark? No, Just, no, because you'll miss every This 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 show is so jam-packed where where there's always something going on. You, you literally will miss. Now, I will say... Um, Usually when you go to a sporting event, you got kids whose attention spans are this long, which yep. I'm doing the little inch yep. mark on yeah. my finger. Um, it, it's important to us to make sure that there's always something going on. So it's sensory overload at a banana show. Some way, somehow, every, if, with every single second, there's something packed in a sound clip, something I'm saying that might be stupid. I'm adding something new in tonight, by the way. Okay. Um, it'll just be stupid. So you'll just laugh. <laughs> But there's always something happening. It's the old radio had me no dead air at all. Yeah. So if you if you do get out of your seat, uh, you're going to miss something. But yeah, instead of people on their phones because they're looking at TikToks or they're looking at whatever, watching an episode of their show because they're mm. bored, they've got their phones out recording something they never thought they'd see at a baseball game slash show. Like it's just, I'm telling you, you, you can't get if you have to go to the bathroom, you better like sprint like Jesse Lewis. I'm just going to start wearing uh, I think wear we're, a diaper. We're, we're going to diaper it up. You know, pen. Tape yes. like three or four of my kids' diapers together. No shame in and, that. And rock, and rock we'll that. We are those. getting old, Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll start selling me. banana diapers. Banana? Well, you have yeah. banana Ooh. Crocs on right I now. I do. Man, I want yeah, those. Check these out. Look at those. Show those. Vincent the uh, dancing Vincent the dancing umpire and Shark the voice of the Savannah Bananas in studio. Game one tonight. Game two is tomorrow over at Principal Park against the party animals. And there's a reason you guys are sold out. Like, I remember when the draft happened and that announcement came on social media. Oh, yeah. And when Des Moines got selected, I, it, people went crazy around here. Like, did you expect this rock star thing to happen? Um, last year, you know, we, we did 33 uh, games. Um, and it was crazy. It was wild. All in the South. Oh, yes. Okay. All in the South. Yeah. Mobile, Alabama, Birmingham. We did uh, Florida. Um and Jesse's always said we're still in the first inning, and Jesse, Jesse is the owner. Jesse is the owner. Like, Jesse okay. Cole's owner, and he's probably one of the most brilliant men I know. Whatever he says comes to fruition. It really happens. Um, he he's a so he brainstorms all the time, mm -hmm. and if he has his mind set on something, he makes it happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So what is his end game for there to be an entire entertainment league of teams? mimicking the savannah bananas across the country Do, i mean does he give you the playbook <laughs> we know we know some of the stuff that's that's in the works and i'm, I'm obviously not going to talk about that here that's the thing he's adding to the game later that's yeah <laughs> yeah well jeez, well, i also like my job so i want to keep it for a while um yeah I, I could see this absolutely growing um and i'll just leave it at that there's okay. um there's a need for the for the sport um to, you know the sport as it as it sits in the major league level Super boring. Having been having been doing what we've been doing for the last two years with Banana Ball 
and then going to major league games like we have over the in the Northeast. We went to Philly and uh, and City Field, New York. Talk about boring. I mean, you're going to a major league game and you're sitting there and you're getting ten seconds of a walk up. Nothing the entire AB crickets would be better. Cricket sounds would be better. And then nothing until the half inning, and even then it's just a little announcement. So, like, it's just, I don't know how kids, especially I've, I've got a 13-year-old, you have young ones as Four, well. Four, three, and three. Um, you couldn't take them to a game and expect to be sitting there and watch. <laughs> Holy mackerel, by the way. I don't know how you're standing here right now. Um, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it, it's going to turn into, we're, we're, we're still on ground level and, and a whole ways to go. Next season uh, will be... Will be something to think about. Um, October fifth, I believe, is the date that we'll announce uh, the twenty twenty four date. So make okay. sure you keep your ears peeled. I imagine you're not coming back to Des Moines next year. Maybe we see you in twenty five. Who knows? I don't know. But did you ever? And you've been around since the beginning, since yeah. twenty sixteen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did you ever expect the TikTok blow up, the Instagram blow up, the the fact that you guys sold out Principal Park in hours here in Des Moines? Sold out. I mean. You, we can insert park here. We've sold out every single place we've been in, in record time. It, it's thank you to the fans because without them, we, we couldn't do what we do. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Having been there from 2016, selling out Grayson Stadium, which is our home park in Savannah. Obviously, it's been great. Our fans in Savannah are the best. Um, they've shown a lot of love. But yeah, to, I'd be lying to you looking at you right now saying, yeah, we'll be on a 33 city tour in, in 2023 and then bigger and in 2024 and going to possibly bigger ballparks. There's a little clue for mm. you. Okay. Um, All right. All right. It's, okay. it's absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing uh, what's happening, but the fan support has been amazing. And so without the fans, I mean, again, we couldn't do what we do. I'm looking forward to this ballpark, too, because I know it's big Cubsville. Yes. I get to play the – I'm going to play we're go, your, Cubs. Go. Oh, you're going to love it. We're your home. We play all the Cubs. We are the affiliate yeah, for the Chicago so, Cubs here yeah. in Des Moines. Also, who's who's the – who's the what's the split like for Iowa versus Iowa State? Like, what are the uh, – if you had to guess. Big what is bro- Iowa's big brother, and Iowa State fan doesn't want to hear that, but <laughs> Iowa is big brother. Okay. Um, and I think statewide you're looking at – you know, they're always better at football. Once in a while, yeah. Iowa State sneaks up. And I know Iowa State fan in their car screaming at the radio, Wicket, you don't know what you're talking about. No, I about this. Um, I mean, at the at the ball game, it'll be 60-40, Iowa, 65-35. songs. Yeah. People have fun. Yeah. But My yeah, wife man. went to Iowa State. She did. Yeah, she's, an, she's, a, she's a cyclone. It is. Dude, this is, this is so much fun. The ride that we're on together and as a group – um, Vincent mentioned this earlier. We're on we're on the road and spend t- more time with these guys than we do our own families. That would be the hardest part about what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. But without the support of my wife and my kids, um, and Vince's wife, and like, Absolutely. we couldn't be doing what we're doing, man. This is crazy. Um, I want to tell you about an embarrassing moment that I had on the Northeast tour. Okay. Before we talk about before it comes up, because I know this dude likes to bring it up. <laughs> uh, we're in uh, we're in Staten Island, New York. At the Ferry Hawks. And the view, by the way, nothing will ever top it. Got Manhattan skyline as my as the backdrop. I like don't know if you've seen downtown Des Moines skyline. It's I'm gonna sure be it's close. close. <laughs> so we're in Staten Island. It's the first night. Uh this is game seventy five of the tour, by the way. So we're coming to the yellow moment. We we do a thing yellow, you'll see in the in the after the seventh inning. I send it down to the field to Jesse. I say, Jesse, this crowd has been amazing. Thank you so much. Trenton, New Jersey. Nailed it. <laughs> and uh, we're not in Trenton, New Jersey anymore. That was literally the and first. 8,000 people. 8,000 people booed the crap out him. of me. And it was, it was something. I would imagine 
as a Philly fan, badge of honor to get booed by New York. Well, sure. Like, New Yorkers don't like being called New, New Jersey. Jersey. Res- like, yeah. It's like but, if, if you call people here, like, you're like, well, so glad to be here in Lincoln. Don't do that. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I won't do it on purpose anyway. But yeah, so that was a cool moment. And uh, I'm just telling you, like, we, none of us take each other, none of us take ourselves that serious anyway. But we're human. Mistakes happen. But yeah, this is this is such a cool ride. Guys, I can't thank you enough. I know you have to get back to the ballpark for rehearsal. We're going over. Uh, Rehearsals, yeah. I know. It's crazy to say that. practice, rehearsals. Thank you so much for coming in. Congratulations on the success. I know it's been an amazing ride for you, and I hope it just continues to just skyrocket. And we'll see you at the ballpark tonight. If you're going to the game tonight. Yeah, what time? By the way, what... When do the festivities begin? Because I'm going tomorrow night. Yeah, so gates open at 5.30, but... Forget 5.30. Forget I even said 5.30. Yeah, get there at 4 at least. Before? 4 or before. I got my nanny coming at 5 tomorrow. There, well, you're going to be waiting in line for a while, my friend. Uh, yeah, gates yeah. open at 5.30, but there, as we've seen on the whole tour, uh, around 3 o'clock, people start lining up. We have about two or 3,000 people in line by 3 o'clock every day. Okay. All right. So get there as early as you can. Uh, parade leading up to gates open. It's, it's a big spectacle, and then 5.30 when you get in the ballpark is when the show starts. Okay. In the stands and on the field. So, all right, you're all in right. for it. you're gonna you're gonna you're Better gonna call my nanny ever get there Absolutely. at noon. You were gonna <laughs> yes, you were gonna hate watching regular baseball after seeing banana ball. Hey, you know my wife Lee. She doesn't care about regular baseball, but she's Not excited about this. And make so. sure you stay after the game, guys. We all go out, sign yes. autographs, take pictures. So cool. don't leave. Go in. Go out to the same place you came in at, and we'll be out there taking pictures, doing TikTok dances, whatever you want to do, uh, with with all the players and myself included. You might even get to see Shark. Um, Maybe he, he now. Can I just say something before we leave? Yeah, this guy does not get enough recognition. He does not get seen. He's what makes the show. The music, the 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 laughter he brings to the crowd. He he sets the tone for the whole game, and he's never seen. He's always in the booth up, up in top, my booth. and That's he never okay. he never gets to be seen. So, uh-huh. guys, y'all give my buddy Shark his bananas on the mic a follow. TikTok, Instagram. And if you want to, give me a follow on TikTok, Dancing Umpire. Um, I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Dude, yeah, you guys are great. Get to practice. I haven't Get seen you in 10 years. This is amazing. I know. I know. It's so good to see you guys again. You thank you well, for man. coming on in. And uh, have a great show. Go bananas. Go bananas. Go bananas. Break guys, a leg, guys. Go. Don't break a leg. Well, I don't want to We don't say anything. that? Is that yeah. not? Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, no breaks anywhere. <laughs> I can twerk on one leg if I needed to. I just don't want to. Vincent, the dancing umpire. Shark on the mic, the voice of the Savannah Bananas. Game one tonight against the Party Animals. Game two tomorrow night at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. We're going to flip over to some fantasy football talk coming up next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. ESPN Des Moines. If you did not know, Andy Hall from Laser 103.3 is not only a massive rock music fan and the heart of the laser, but a fantasy football nerd, a fantasy football expert. You are in some major leagues. How many fantasy leagues are you actually in? Uh, at this point, I'm at about two dozen. If you count all of the <laughs> charity leagues, expert leagues, <laughs> oh home <God>. leagues. <laughs> I'm in four and I can bear. I had to drop out of one. Because five was too much for me. I had to get in. I can just do four, but I'm in all different kinds of leagues. What's your favorite? Well, because I like to build my portfolio like oh, a, uh, you know, like I'm diversifying <laughs> a 
you know, uh, like my income and things mm -hmm. like that, or or all of my. Um, you have to have you crypto. Know. You have to have stocks, bonds, yeah. all that. There's yeah. no use in just being a part of you know <laughs> two dozen leagues that are exactly the same scoring formats, exactly the same you know dynasty, mm -hmm. or are you keeper, or are you redraft. Um, so I would say that you know I'm a part of every type of league that there is, including this year for the first time a guillotine league. Welcome. They're about. the best, man. Yeah. Charts runs Paul Charchian runs the best site. Uh guillotineleagues.com. Love that website. Yeah, he's a good man and I've I've known Paul for a long time being a Twin Cities native. I've listened to his show for a long long time. Mm -hmm. And uh he Tell his... Brian Johnson who quit ducking me. That dude has ducked me 3 times this offseason. Uh, Brian does not duck me, so maybe I'll just oh, whatever, uh, reach Brian. out to All Brian right. myself and I'll send him some Randy Macho Man Savage merch and he'll he'll answer right away. Uh, let's get into it because it's so crazy. You know, we're a week away from when most drafts happen. Like my drafts aren't until like Labor Day night and then Tuesday and then Wednesday or the big three for, for my, my dynasty draft already happened with the rookies. But if you draft early, you miss out on so much, like with all the players that are getting either traded or cut or injured. I mean, you and I were just chatting about wide receivers. And Jerry Judy, who by all accounts is going to be Russell Wilson's go-to guy, especially now that Tim Patrick's out for the year. What is what does his leg injury do to your rankings? Like where do you where did where was he? And where is Judy now? Yeah, I don't know if it um if we have a definitive answer as to how much time he's gonna miss yet, but that is certainly going to affect the rankings you can see right now at laser1033.com. My PPR rankings were as were put out about mm -hmm. a week ago now, but I yeah, currently so much changed in a week. I had Judy as a wide receiver too. I had him ranked number twenty four on my list, and that is certainly going to uh, move down now. If you are looking at the top, give me the top five receivers. I mean, it starts with Justin Jefferson, obviously, and then who's after that? Jamar Chase is a easy number two for me, and if you look at his statistics at LSU. He actually outperformed Justin Jefferson, uh, which crazy. is crazy thinking yeah. about now. But I think, you know, the offenses they're in, the number of weapons they have there, you know, the quarterbacks that are throwing them the, the ball also affect this. So um, what do I think? I think Jefferson's the easy number one. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of people in these redraft situations going heavy on the wide receiver position in the first round. And you didn't necessarily see that in years past. It was always typically the bell cow running back, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that paradigm has changed in fantasy football. We're now looking for a more sure thing. The last thing you want to do is, is, you know, look at any kind of a risk in your first round pick, your first couple of picks. Does the quarterback situation in Cincinnati with Burrow and the calf strain, does that give you any pause? Is that risk about Jamar Chase? A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, you know, talent wins out in the end, and wide receivers are going to get fed no matter who's throwing them the ball. We've seen some uh, situations where wide receivers that have really great talent and terrible quarterbacking can still perform. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins for a number of years yeah. in Houston, yeah. that's a great example, right? So I think, you know, wide receiver is going to be your best bet for the first several picks in that first round. Talking fantasy football with local fantasy football expert and uh, – my boss over at Laser 103.3, Andy Hall here on ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. JJ1, Chase 2, who's 3? Tyreek Hill for yeah. me so is still number 3. He's claiming he's going to get 2,000 yards this year. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, my expectations are pretty lofty for him, despite the fact that Jalen Waddle is going to get a lot of looks there in that Miami offense as well. And really, the ceiling is all determined by Tua and his, you know, how, how far can he get into a season without getting hurt? Certainly not hoping we... Don't look at another concussion situation Ugh. for him because that might be the end for him. I, I swear, if if two is healthy, it's scary to think how good 
that entire Miami offense can be. I know we're doing your top three or four wide receivers. It can't be that far down to get to Jalen Waddle. No, it really it isn't. It can't if, be that tough. <laughs> you know, spoiler alert right now, uh, Jalen Waddle, I have as wide receiver 11 on my list. I mean, so. what NFL team has two of the top 11? I mean, looking back, it was uh, it was back in the day, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at teams like that that are absolutely Torrey stacked. Holton, uh, Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce back yep. in the greatest show on turf mm-hmm. back in the day. Absolutely. You just don't see that very often now. And obviously now there's some talk out of Miami that they might be looking at one of those free agent running backs as well. So we'll see what happens we'll there. see if they bring in Jonathan Taylor. Speaking of running backs, I imagine the top of your list in PPR, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. Yep, number one and two, yeah. actually. And I think that's pretty industry standard. I'm not <laughs> looking to buck any trends there. We assume full seasons of health for these guys when we do these projections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily go off of uh, any, you know, standard cheat sheet when I'm looking at projections. I look at what happened last year. I look at uh, receivers, uh, backs that are great receivers like McCaffrey and Eckler both are. Are there any opportunities for some vacated targets for them to increase their target share? Um, these are things I look at when I, you know, put together the formula. God, you look at those offenses in San Francisco and L.A., and there's just so many mouths to feed. You, you know, with, with San Francisco, you've got Kittle, and you got Debo, you got Brandon Ayuk, and you've got Christian McCaffrey, and then, heck, their backup, Eli Mitchell's a good 10-touch guy. I mean, that offense, is, I mean, Brock Purdy just can't screw it up. That's all that's got to happen. That's right. He's a game manager, as they used to say. <laughs> Brad Johnson might yep. have been the first of those back in the Tampa Bay Super Bowl days. But, uh, yeah, I think San Francisco, you're right about that. You're, you, you know, you're also right about the uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. Chargers in that situation, too, um, with a great young quarterback there and, of course, a great wide receiving core, assuming they can all stay healthy. I think Keenan Allen's in for a bounce back year this year. If he stays healthy, he's an elite receiver. The problem is he sometimes only gives you six games a year, and then Mike Williams is now 30. You know, once you get to that age, your skills and your production diminish, but they did take Quentin Johnson, the kid out of uh, out of TCU, who's had an up-and-down offseason off season so far. Yeah, who I like a lot if he can get, you know, get these drops out of mm-hmm. his system, and we've seen a bunch of those already through the preseason. And, and then, you know, don't sleep on Gerald Everett at the tight end position yeah. in L.A. as well. He's a guy that not many people are talking about, but – you know, if you're looking for a late round tight end, he's he's one of the guys. CMC, Eckler, and then the next two on your running back list. Yeah, Nick Chubb is number three for me. And doesn't I think, catch the ball, but he's your bell cow. He, you shouldn't say he doesn't catch the ball because who is going to catch the ball now that Kareem Hunt's not a Good part call. of that offense anymore? I think Nick Chubb has that skill set, and I think they might actually exploit that. We know Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. is a guy who loves to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball plenty in Cleveland. Um, but I do see I do see Nick Chubb uh, contributing more than he has in the receiving department, and that's why I have him ranked so high. Plus, he has no competition. Back and there. who's four? Uh, number four for me is Saquon Barkley. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. We have to talk more about Saquon Barkley. I mean, you're, you're really looking at a guy who, you know, it's not like he has a limited ceiling. He doesn't. He, he could end up the season as the number one running back in the entire league. He had a career year last year. And as a, as a fantasy manager of his last year, I still was like, why doesn't he get the ball more? Now, because the receiving group there stunk. Does Saquon, and I know he's got these goals to get that extra $900,000 in his new contract, but is his 
ceiling limited now that they brought in Darren Waller, that they brought in Par- the, the receiver Paris Campbell. Do you see the ball going elsewhere with more mouths to feed that aren't just a bunch of crappy wide receivers like New York had last year? You mentioned Darren Waller. He's about the only one, in, in my opinion, the only uh, person that can really hurt Saquon Barkley besides Saquon Barkley himself is <laughs> Daniel true. Jones. Yeah. Um, but as far as Saquon Barkley goes, I mean, I think if they're smart, they employ him like the Eagles used to employ Brian Westbrook back in the day. What down did Brian Westbrook not touch the ball in that offense? You know, so if they can like the Randy ratio, very much so. I mean, you know, if I'm Brian Dayball, I'm definitely employing something like that, even if I'm not making it publicly known. Do you think going to the quarterbacks? You mentioned Daniel Jones, and I'm sure the top of your list is Mahomes and uh, and Jalen Hurts. I imagine that's one and two. Well, Hurts is number one for me this year. Yeah, and I just love this Philadelphia offense in general. Uh, I think he continues to run the ball. You know, you see sometimes with these guys who can give you that that rushing floor at the mm-hmm. quarterback position. You see them kind of like temper away from that as uh, the money starts to grow. Um, you know, we saw that back in the day with Patrick Mahomes, who ran a lot early on. Lamar Jackson is throwing more than he is running now. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, still has that skill set, and I think we'll find those opportunities regardless. Um, number two for me is Josh Allen in well, Buffalo. Because of the feet. Yes, okay. and he also will contribute with his feet, but has a great receiving core there, including a very underrated Gabe Davis, who I think a lot of people are not talking about going into the season because I think it was a little disappointing last year. Patrick Mahomes is my third. Got it. And it doesn't How matter. How do you not? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter who he's got in that offense. I mean, you know, he might have lost Juju Smith-Schuster, and, he, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean. He's got Kelsey and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, exactly, including the backfield, too. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. He's going to find his guys, and, yeah, he'll give you some on it, you know, with his feet as well. Who is the surprise quarterback to jump up and join this rank of the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts group that wasn't there last year? Well, a couple of names I'll mention. Jordan uh, Love, obviously. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Jordan Love, yeah. not so much. Although I am ranking him higher than most of Good. the experts you'll That's see out there. That's a smart man. I'm not a Packers fan, but I got to tell you, I think that Jordan Love is actually going to be, uh, he's going to surprise some people this year. Not surprising me. The names I will bring up <laughs> is, uh, the number one is Trevor Lawrence. And this might not sneak up on a lot of people because he did really show some stuff toward the end of last year. And I think that uh, bringing Calvin Ridley, who mm-hmm. a lot of people had question marks about about going into this season. But truth of the matter is, is this guy's a year fresher, basically, is what it is. And he's an elite talent. He really is. You add on top of that a Christian Kirk and then, you know, Evan Ingram mm-hmm. uh, at, at tight Ingram end. had a really good last uh, year he, last year. He, I also have him ranked considerably higher than most at the tight end position. So Trevor Lawrence is one. He also can run, by the way. Um, another one that I'll bring up here that I have ranked higher than most, and I think people are kind of forgetting about, is Geno Smith in Seattle. I've got him in my dynasty league. Yeah. I got him. <laughs> I, I like I like Geno a lot, and I don't think people give him credit because of his history. But if mm-hmm. you look at what he did in Seattle last year, and he's largely got everybody back in that offense. DK Metcalf is a stud. Uh, Tyler Lockett is criminally he's underrated. He's a PPR machine. He is. And so, you know, you got these guys that, you know, he he can go to, and he, he proved it last year that he's not this guy that, you know, is just a cast off and, mm-hmm. and a, a one-trick pony. He'll go in and he'll actually put up some numbers because I think Seattle's going to be playing from behind a lot this year. Uh, real quick, the tight ends. There's the upper echelon, which is just Kelsey. So who's after Travis in that second tier? I think I'm pretty chalk as far as this is concerned. Mark <laughs> Andrews is number two for me. Lamar Jackson just loves him, and he's a, a does the rep- OBJ factor bring him down a little bit? Do you worry about a couple extra passes going Odell, Odell Beckham Jr.'s way? I don't think so, especially when we're talking about the red zone, and mm-hmm. that's really where Mark Andrews uh, shines. So that's why I have him at number two. T.J. Hawkinson at three in Minnesota. Again, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense too. But Hawkinson finds a way. We've seen it going back to his time in Detroit. 
Darren Waller, we talked about briefly mm-hmm. earlier, and the reason why I have him ranked at number four at the tight end position is because there's just so much opportunity there. And I think Daniel Jones, if he doesn't look to pull the ball down and run every time mm-hmm. or just dump it off to Saquon Barkley, I think he's going to be a guy, Darren Waller, that he's going to be looking uh, to. And I think that as long as Darren Waller can stay healthy, and again, that's always the big caveat with this guy. We never get a full season out of him. But if he can, I think his ceiling is definitely up in the top five of the tight ends. You can't say B. John Robinson. Okay. Best rookie to draft in fantasy football this year is? You can't say Bijan because that's the obvious answer. It is the obvious answer. <laughs> um, truth be told, there's a lot to like about a lot of these guys, but I don't think they're going to be game breakers like Bijan, and that's why it's not an easy mm-hmm. answer. Uh, but I think that you mentioned Quentin Johnson earlier. Okay. In the wide receiver pool, I think because you have a Mike Williams who just can't seem to stay healthy and he's very inconsistent, you have Keenan Allen who is elite. Um, and we'll draw a lot of that coverage away. They're not going to be thinking about a guy like Quentin Johnson. So I think I'll just mention him okay. with the caveat of this is a really tough question because, you know, Bijan Robinson is so obvious, you know. Well, I was hoping you were going to say Jordan Addison because I drafted him in Dynasty. We'll see it's what happens. It's tough when JJ's there and gets all the attention and Hawk, like you mentioned, and then who knows what else is going to happen. Andy Hall, follow him on Twitter at Andy Hall Radio. You can get the entire cheat sheet at laser1033.com. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. There he is, Andy Hall. You can check out uh, his entire cheat sheet. And, uh, you know, I, I I probably should tell you, if you're driving around listening right now and you want to go to the Rob Zombie Freaks on Parade Tour stop in uh, in Des Moines on well, at Wells Fargo Arena September 2nd, my dude Andy Hall is going to start giving tickets away, giving you keywords, 5 o'clock today over on our sister station, Laser 103.3. That's where I, I that's my real job. <laughs> that's my real job doing mornings over there. So, uh, we appreciate Andy getting in, talking some fantasy football. Happy to have you here on a Friday. Man, busy first half hour. Kira, you able to keep up over there? You look winded. You all right? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Lots going on. Lots happening. And, of course, coming up tonight, we'll have Cubs baseball all weekend long as the Cubs make a run towards the postseason. And then who knows what's going to happen for these Chicago Cubs, they're only a couple of games back of the Brewers in first place, uh, or of first place in the uh, National League Central. But we are just days away from the National Football. And we have preseason games tonight, tomorrow, probably some on Sunday. And then we get done with the preseason. College football starts this weekend with week zero. But, Kira, we're going to jump around here in the AFC first. We'll do the NFC coming up in just a bit. And talking about these starting quarterbacks in each of these divisions and which ones are under the most pressure. And you can tell me which division you want to start in, where you want to go with this. Mm, and and, okay. and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you which NFL quarterback is under the most pressure in each division. Okay, perfect. Well, I think we should start with the AFC East. Okay. So we've got Aaron Rodgers. I think I know the answer to this. Aaron, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Josh Allen, Mac Jones, or or Tua. Um, so it's it's there's not a quarterback in this division that is not under pressure in some way. Mac Jones, can he actually play quarterback at the NFL level? That's a lot of pressure. I don't think it's the most pressure in this division. I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. Whoa. You might think I would say Aaron Rodgers because of my my love for the Green Bay Packers and now my pure hatred for Aaron Rodgers. But I think Rodgers will be around for two years. I think the Jets will be better next year than they will this year when they add more offensive linemen. When the Packers decide to get rid of David Bakhtiari, that's where he'll wind up blocking for Aaron a year from now. 
So I don't think it's Rodgers. I don't think it's Mac Jones. I think it's either Josh Allen or Tua Tagovailoa. Two-time Pro Bowler Lorenzo Alexander jumped in on the Tua versus Josh Allen debate. I'm going to have to go with Tua, and I think they're both dealing with some similar pressures, right? You know, obviously expectations, that's one of the big things. You have all this talent around you. Both teams are really primed and geared up on paper to make a real run at trying to knock the Kansas City Chiefs off and become the next Super Bowl champions. I think Josh Allen, when you think about the history of Buffalo and what he's trying to achieve, I think that's a lot of pressure on him in regard to trying to win a championship. But I would have to say Tua has more to prove because of his external pressure or additional pressure is the injury. And can he play and stay healthy? I'm going to disagree and say it is Josh Allen because Josh Allen for years now has been the next, the next one. And whether it's Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, in this conversation, I don't think anybody puts Tua in that conversation because of the injury. His pressure is stay healthy. Josh Allen is, can you ascend and finally get to a Super Bowl? No one's thinking this is Super Bowl or bust for Tua. Next year, when Josh Allen's contract balloons, it's going to be tougher to surround him with high-priced talent. Uh, So I'm going to say Josh Allen. All right. Uh, So next, just moving around. Okay. Moving around the compass here, the AFC North. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or Kenny Pickett? I don't think it's Kenny Pickett because it's year two for Kenny Pickett. And everybody's talking about how he is just going to take that next step real quick. Nobody has pressure on Joe Burrow. He's been to a Super Bowl with the calf injury. A slow start doesn't even pull that back. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar had the contract hold out, but Deshaun Watson looked bad last year for much of the season, half season that he played. He has more guaranteed money than anybody. Deshaun Watson, everybody's wondering, can he get back to that pre-suspension era where he was arguably the best quarterback in football and Deshaun Watson himself knows that to get on those rankings, he's just got to play better. I stay focused on what I got to do and control what I can control. There's always a rankings each and every year. At the end of the day, you can't focus on that because there's always that ranking is always changing. For me, I mean, I missed two years of football, so I mean, I shouldn't be in those rankings to be honest. If you're asking me, you know, I haven't played ball, I haven't played enough football the last few years to even be up there. You know, I got to go out there and prove and, and show what I got to do and to get back in those conversations. The pressure on Lamar Jackson, by the way, as opposed to Deshaun Watson, they've rebuilt the offense to make it a passing offense. So can Lamar throw? That's what everybody's going to be paying attention to. But in the North, I think Deshaun Watson has the most pressure. Okay. Now, how about the South, though? We've got Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Can't pick either rookie, right? You can't say there's so much pressure on Anthony Richardson. This is a mulligan year for he and C.J. Stroud. Um, As far as Trevor Lawrence, I think we're watching the ascension. But I think the most pressure of any quarterback in this division is Ryan Tannehill. The Tennessee Titans have spent multiple early draft picks on quarterbacks the last two years. With Malik Willis a year ago, and then Will Levis two months ago, four months ago, or whatever. So this is it for Tannehill. If he doesn't win here... He's going to be a journeyman quarterback looking for a one-year deal next year. This might be his last best chance with Derrick Henry at the end of his prime and Mike Vrabel and that defense. This is the last best chance, I think, especially now that he's got DeAndre Hopkins. This is the last best chance, I think, for Ryan Tannehill to make a run to a conference championship, maybe get to a Super Bowl So I think while Trevor Lawrence has a lot of pressure and people are expecting him to jump up in the Burrow-Mahomes level of play because of what he did last year, 
where he was taken out of Clemson. I think the most pressure is actually on Ryan Tannehill. And you know who loves Ryan Tannehill? Tennessee safety Kevin Bird. If you look at this guy's record and you look at his stats and what he's been able to do with less, I mean, if I would say when you talk about injuries, this guy has been phenomenal. I do kind of think it's a little bit of disrespect because, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not talked about with the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Islands, but we're always there. And I think when you got a guy like Tannehill, we always have a shot to go and make a run and go win ball games. So we understand that, you know, teams have to plan for the future and things like that. But Ryan Tannehill is still a really, really, really great quarterback. And I'm excited to go into another season with Ryan Tannehill uh, as our quarterback. I'm not going to say Ryan Tannehill is a really, really, really great quarterback. But I think Ryan Tannehill is a good enough quarterback to win you 10 games, win that division if Derrick Henry stays healthy. I know the, 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 the common pick. The sexy pick right now is the Jaguars. A lot of people have the Jags getting to a conference championship game, but I still think there's a ton of talent there in Tennessee to win, and Tannehill's the guy under the most pressure considering this stage of his career. I think he's about 35, 36 years old. So I'm, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, the West. I think this is going to be easy for you. It is. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is under zero pressure. All right? Patrick Mahomes, zero pressure in Kansas City. He's done everything. Uh, the only pressure on him is how quickly can he close on Tom Brady. That's really going to be it. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, what is what is he? You know, J- Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to just prove he can be a, a good quarterback in the National Football League. Pressure on Jimmy G, sure. But I don't think anybody's like... Oh, God, this, the, the entire NFL is banking whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo can take the next step. I think Justin Herbert is going to throw for 5,000 yards. I think Justin Herbert getting Kellen Moore, you're going to see so, some ridiculous passing totals for Justin Herbert. If you can get him in fantasy football, I think he's going to be your fantasy football MVP if he stays healthy. But I think in the AFC West, the quarterback under the most pressure is Russell Wilson. He played like dog crap last year. He was terrible last year. They brought in Sean Payton. Maybe, I'm not going to say Sean Payton's overrated, but Sean Payton has one ring and a bunch of good to mediocre years with Drew Brees. Can he turn Russell Wilson back into an MVP caliber quarterback? That They have spent so much money, so much draft capital. Russell Wilson is under the most pressure. But the question is, does Russell Wilson know and feel the pressure? Do I feel the pressure? No. I don't run from it. I look forward to it. I okay. run to it, if anything. I think um, we as a team, you know, we're all in this thing together. Um, we're all searching for one thing, and that's to get better every day. Um, we're not looking too far ahead. All we got is today, trying to learn as much as we can from today's practice, trying to learn to the next day, and use that experience. Well, I, I, he's just so cheesy. He's such a cornball. <laughs> he's just so corny, I swear. So the quarterbacks in the AFC divisions under the most pressure in the East, Josh Allen. In the north, Deshaun Watson. In the south, Ryan Tannehill. And in the west, it's got to be Russell Wilson. Coming up, we'll go to the NFC. Who is in the most? Who's under the most pressure in each of the divisions in the NFC? I will tell you next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. If you missed our conversation with 
uh, a couple of guys from the Savannah Bananas. We had Vincent, the dancing umpire in studio, and the voice of the Bananas, uh, Shark, on the mic in the studio earlier. We'll podcast at ESPNDesMoines.com, of course. The Bananas and the Party Animals coming up tonight and tomorrow over at Principal Park. Looking forward to, I'll be there uh, tomorrow night. Looking for, I have a date night with my wife. It's the only way I can get her. It's the only way I can get her go to a baseball game with me. Hey, it's the bananas. There's going to be guys on stilts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are going over the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League that are under the most pressure in each division. We just did the AFC, and in the East, I've got Josh Allen. In the North, I've got Deshaun Watson. In the South, I've got Ryan Tannehill, and in the West, I've got Russell Wilson. Now to the NFC. Where are we starting, Kira? We're going to start in the West. Okay. We've got Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford, and Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray or whoever is playing. <laughs> Who's to say truly? What a disaster Arizona is. They're trading away players. I don't know if Buda Baker's been traded yet. Uh, I've not seen that come across Twitter since I've been on the air, but maybe it's happened. But. Some, the the answer some people, most people will give you, and I know that we did some fantasy football talk with Andy Hall earlier, is that it's Geno Smith. Journeyman, finally got paid, 10-year veteran, mega contract. But I don't think it's Geno. I think Geno has built up some good grace that if he doesn't have the great year that he had last year, it's, it's okay. They actually added Jackson Smith and Jigba in the draft. He just had wrist surgery. He's out for a bit. But I think Geno's going to be just fine. I think that the, the Seahawks are going to put pressure on him, but I don't think it's the most in the division. The The Cardinals are a joke. They're watching, uh, what's his name, from the uh, from, from USC play tomorrow night. That's what they're excited about, because that guy's going to be in Arizona next year. They're going to figure a way to ditch Kyler Murray and send him someplace. My guess is Minnesota, by the way. Uh, Matt Stafford come back, coming back off of last year's injury. Look, the Rams, they did it. They mortgaged everything. For a Super Bowl. And the Rams suck, all right? And the Rams probably are going to be looking at the number one pick as well next year or battling for the number one pick. But I think the guy under the most pressure is Brock Purdy. Now, you're going to say, Wicket, you're just placating to the Iowa State fan that might be listening. No, that's not true. I believe Brock Purdy is under the most pressure, and it's simple. Don't screw this up. Stay healthy. He was very good last year. This team is gift-wrapped for Brock Purdy. With Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Heck, I'll throw Eli Mitchell in there as well. Don't screw this up. Distribute the ball. I don't need Brock Purdy to throw for 5,000 yards. I don't need Brock Purdy to, to be Patrick Mahomes. Literally be a game manager. And nobody likes that title, but that's what Brock Purdy has to do. Come to work, complete passes, listen to the coach. Just don't screw things up. And ESPN's Jeff Darlington agrees that Brock Purdy can do it. Brock Purdy has this confidence about him in his demeanor that suggests he was drafted to be a franchise quarterback. As much as he has the chip on his shoulder by being Mr. Irrelevant, he does not talk like that kind of a player. When you hear Kyle Shanahan talk about him like he is the clear starter, you spend time around Brock Purdy and you understand why. It's not just what he does on the field. I'm telling you, he has a demeanor about him that is very capable of not just being a good quarterback, but a great one. I think there's... I'm not going to put Brock Purdy in the can-be-great category. i got to see a little bit more. I don't know if they have anything for Philadelphia if Purdy's healthy, 
but it certainly is a different game in that NFC Championship game a year ago. So in the West, I'm going to go Brock Purdy. All right. Now moving to the South, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Bryce Young, or Desmond Ritter? All right. Well, get rid of Desmond Ritter. He's under zero pressure. Atlanta's going to look, Atlanta's going to run the ball more than anybody this year. All right. They drafted B. John Robinson. They've got 17 guys in the backfield. Desmond Ritter took over last year for Marcus Mariota. Zero pressure on Desmond Ritter. Bryce Young, rookie pressure. A lot of pressure, especially for a guy five foot ten. but I'm not putting this on Bryce Young. So it comes down to Derek Carr, the high-priced free agent brought in from Vegas and the Saints, or Baker Mayfield. Here's the deal. Derek Carr is going to be there for several years. Even if the Colt, I'm sorry, even if the Saints go nine and eight, miss the playoffs, Derek Carr is still going to be their quarterback next year. Baker Mayfield is now, I think, at the point where if he doesn't do well, and I don't expect Baker to do very well, but if Baker Mayfield does not do well in Tampa this time, his career as a starter, a full-time starter, is over. I think this is Baker's last best chance to be a starter. Now, he has weapons. He's got some, some, some help on the offensive line at times. You know, Tom Brady, one of the big problems for Brady last year was his offensive line was decimated by injury. But I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to get another shot to be a starter if it doesn't work out in Tampa. And I think Damian Woody from ESPN agrees. We've seen Baker Mayfield bounce around from team to team at this juncture in his career. And this is a guy that since coming into the league has been one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the National Football League. Now, they do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two very reliable targets. But, you know, listen, at the end of the day, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is paying the Brady tax. You know, all that dead money from Tom Brady, and and they got a Super Bowl ring out of it. But I think this is going to be a hard year for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield. Feel at the helm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think if, if things go awry, it could be Trask time. They could be looking at the, the, the USC quarterback as well, Caleb Williams. They, they This is not exactly a loaded Tampa team. And maybe that's stacking the deck against Baker Mayfield, but he's the pick in the NFC South. So moving out east, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. Or Sam Howell. This is the take Sam Howell's name off this list as well. He falls in the Desmond Ritter category. First year starter. The head coach is got is, is on the hot seat. But now you got Sam Howell working with new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy as in year two. Like there's not a lot of pressure on Sam Howell. There's NFL pressure, but there's not make or break year pressure. Jalen Hurts, can he get back to a Super Bowl? I mean, last year we weren't sure at this point if Jalen Hurts knew how to play quarterback at the NFL level and play at a high level. We found out he definitely is capable. But I don't think there's that much pressure on Hurts. Just signed a big mega deal. You got that kind of pressure on you as well. There's always pressure on on New York quarterbacks. But listen, there is no more scrutinized player in all of sports than the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It is and will always be Dak Prescott. In high school, you got to be able to hit a house. In college, as a quarterback, you've got to be able to hit a door. Yes. In the NFL, you got to be able to hit the keyhole. Every quarterback has to do that. For me, Dak needs to get back to playing just fearless football. And that is, you know what? If I got to run it for, for five yards, you're going off script and a play broke down, he has to do that. And I think he will do that. And Mike McCarthy, calling plays, I don't have a problem with him getting and Jettison killing more. If he doesn't survive in advance in the playoffs, he's the one that's going to get canned. Absolutely. And Dan Quinn's going to be the head coach. And therefore, 
He's going out with his boots on. It's my job on the line. I'm calling plays. I'm running this thing the way I want to run it. And I respect the hell out of him for it. And that's Ian Fitzsimmons. And watch for Mike McCarthy to not run the ball, despite saying, I want to run the ball more. As a Green Bay Packers fan, I heard him say that for years. He didn't do that. Now he had Aaron Rodgers. Now he's got Dak Prescott. I look for Dak to throw the ball a lot this year. Which takes us to the NFC North. Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, or Justin Fields? Who is under the most pressure here? Boy, you can make an argument for a couple of guys here. I don't think it's, an, it's Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love has, especially in the preseason, and with his patience and his grasp of the offense in Green Bay, I think Jordan Love has built up some time up there in Titletown. I don't think it's Jared Goff. I mean, heck, you got Lions fans who want to give Jared Goff a $50 million a year deal. I'm not kidding you. We had Jeff Rieger on from the ticket in Detroit a year ago, and they're talking about a $200 million contract for Jared Goff. Goy. So it comes down to Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins probably is not in Minnesota a year from now. All right? He has had several contracts guaranteed. Kirk Cousins is great if you can get him on your team and play games on Sundays at noon, not in January. If you can do that, Kirk Cousins is really a good quarterback. But I feel like that offense right now, as good as we saw Kirk Cousins be last year, maybe another year with Hawk, they added Jordan Addison. There's a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Can they take the next step? But the whole franchise of Chicago rests on the arm and the legs of Justin Fields. That is it. The answer is Justin Fields because they spent a high draft pick on Fields. They've been waiting for Fields. They built, they added Chase Claypool. They added DJ Moore. They're adding offensive linemen in the offseason. They're building this for Justin Fields. And if he fails this year, the franchise has to pivot to somebody else. The answer is Justin Fields. And it's certainly not a conversation about Justin Fields or, or Jordan Love, even though Peter King wants to bring it up. I think the expectations are a lot higher to me right now for Justin Fields for a very simple reason. Chicago Bears see that he can be a great runner and hasn't really had all the weapons to be a great, complete quarterback. The D.J. Moore acquisition was a great acquisition. That's exactly what Justin Fields needed. Now, in Green Bay, the patience for Jordan Love is much higher right now than the patience is in Chicago for Justin Fields. I absolutely agree with that. Again, if Fields stinks this year, if Fields stinks, the whole franchise changes for the next five years. If Fields is good, then all of a sudden the Bears know they got something. We'll find out. So in the NFC, I got Brock Purdy, Baker, Dak, and Justin Fields. That is it. We are out of here. What a show. Thanks to Andy Hall, Shark on the mic, Vincent the Dancing Umpire from the Savannah Bananas for coming in studio. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Miss anything? Podcast it. ESPNDesMoines.com.